everything you do at the top trickles down. So if you have any psychological hangups, if you like my issues with boundaries, right? If you have anything that you need to work on as a human, those things will affect your entire company and it will manifest in everything that everyone else does. It'll manifest in how the kind of people you attract, whether that's clients or team members. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have April White of Trust Relations. April, excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, you're doing so many phenomenal things and we're going to get a little bit more into that. But before we get into the conversation, I wanted to read a little bit more about April so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. And April is a public relations veteran, official TEDx speaker and founder of Trust Relations. April has nearly 20 years of industry experience counseling and implementing campaigns on behalf of clients across numerous industries from Fortune 100 companies to startups. She worked at the world's best agencies in New York City, including Weber, Shan, Wick, Edelman, Ruben Stein, Public Relations, and Spong before starting her own firm and has represented an impressive roster of clients and their executives over the course of her career. Among the clients she has counseled are MasterCard Worldwide, MetLife International, Sotheby's International Realty, Hyatt, Rosetta Stone, Petco, American Standard, The Dan and Company, Yellowtail Wines, Sealed Air and Music, and April is an official contributor to Forbes Entrepreneur and Newsweek and co-hosts three original podcasts, including the PR Wine Down, Hype Busters, and Trust Relations, the podcast. She also recently won the Gold Stevie Award for Most Innovative Woman of the Year in Advertising, Marketing, and Public Relations. April, let me clap it up. You're doing so many awesome <laughs> things. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I mean, after that, I just want to crawl <laughs> under the table. I'm so embarrassed. It's like, it's so weird hearing all this stuff about yourself. You know, I just think of myself as like the girl next door. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was going to definitely say you could drop the mic, but I think you're doing so many phenomenal things. We should just slam the mic down because you're doing an awesome, <laughs> awesome job. So I appreciate you taking some time too, out to be on the sweet. show. Oh, I, I appreciate it. No, I'm just, just, just happy to be here. Yes, absolutely. So what I wanted to do to try to kick everything off was hear a little bit more on how you got started, the, the girl next door that does all this awesome PR, <laughs> PR work. So can you take us through how you became that and you're doing all these awesome things? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So after having worked through a lot of, you know, for a lot of the biggest agencies in New York, as you mentioned, um, decided to bounce out and become a freelancer for a few reasons, you know, just wasn't in love with the agency culture, um, wasn't in love with how it all felt, uh, for various reasons, which I'll get into, uh, you know, in, in a polite way. Um, and I decided that, you know, that was the way to go. And then the freelance work started to take off and I had to make a decision. Okay. Am I going to turn clients away? Am I going to go bigger? And I'm a big believer in life that when you see something that needs to be done better, it's not a complaint box for you to, you know, put some complaint to the universe and just complain about it <laughs> endlessly. I think it's actually your assignment to go fix it and do it better if you have the tools to do it. And so in this case, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go try to build the agency I wish existed. 
And I'm going to go try to build one that doesn't have a toxic culture, one that's actually inclusive. And then one that actually is, you know, doing right by clients by giving them the best talent that they can possibly have for their accounts, rather than pretending that what we're putting forward is actually sufficient for the budget that they're paying. And so I went out and just kind of ripped it all apart and started it all over from the beginning and decided that, I mean, it was a little bit of a a crazy thing to do to say, I want to build this thing that I, you know, that doesn't exist. And I don't know if it's possible, but let me try. And so, you know, here we are and it's um, almost four years later and it has actually come to pass, which is amazing. And so seeing your vision for something that comes to fruition before your eyes, there, there's, I, I don't think there's any greater gift in life. It's been really phenomenal and really difficult to get there. But, you know, that's really why I started was to, to make it what I thought it needed to be. And also to provide sort of a safe haven then for the publicists in the industry who were at otherwise, you know, not very kind environments. It's, there's a lot of toxicity in PR and, and also advertising marketing um, especially in the industry and uh, in the agency world. And so this is an opportunity for me to kind of um, expand on my love of, of providing homes for, uh, you know, those in need. So I have a lot of um, animals that I keep rescuing. I have three dogs and three cats and two goats. <laughs> and and so this is like a natural extension of my sort of big hearted approach to life and just wanting, you know, everyone to have a safe home. Nice. I, I I love that. And and do you feel like that's something that you always maybe even had in you to, to, to say that? I don't want to use the word defiance, but it feels like that is just saying, I, I want to create this not just for myself, but to be able to, to make an impact, whether it be for the animals <laughs> or all that. Do you feel like that's something that's just in your nature to say, hey, we're going to do this better and it might be hard and, you know, it might not go exactly the way I want it to go, but I'd rather do it and try than, than have I that think regret. so. The interesting thing is, I'm not a naturally contrarian person and I always shy away from conflict. So that's not where it's coming from. Mm. It's really coming from wanting things to be better. And even when I started, I studied journalism in college and the whole reason was I wanted to be, you know, the watchdog of society that was protecting people, right? Mm. So there is something innate in me that I think just wants to, to protect other people and care for them. And so this is a really a natural extension of that. The The irony of it is that I actually have become an industry disruptor, which is not in my nature, right? To be necessarily, you know, calling people on the carpet and, you know, trying to, trying to say you're doing it wrong. That's not even really where it's coming from, yeah. but it is more of a, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? There's got to be a, there's got to yeah. be something more beautiful than, than what we have. Awesome. 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 So I I know I wanted to drill down a little bit more here, how you work with your clients, how that process goes. Could you take us through a little bit more uh, about that and, and, and how you serve the clients you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So when we first started, I was very PR centric. We were just doing public relations. Over time, I realized that we actually would be better serving clients if we were more integrated into a a marketing um, side of things. So we started bringing integrated marketing and a couple of, a couple of reasons for it. One was that I was talking to prospects who sometimes thought they were ready for PR, but who weren't quite. And my option at that point was to take their money and pretend they were, or to send them away and tell them to come back when they were further along. <laughs> and I don't think either is very helpful depending on the client and, you know, or that, especially if all they need is a new website or something like that, or they need 
their social media to look populated or whatever it is that they need before we can actually go to the you know top tier press. And so what I started doing um, by bringing in a, a marketing agency that I essentially have you know folded in as our marketing arm is um, now if they come to me and they need something and they need a rebranding, okay, cool. Let's start with rebranding. Let's do that. And then let's move into PR once that's all up and running so that we aren't wasting PR efforts on a brand that's no longer going to be a brand in four months. And so, um, so that's, that's really what we're doing. And we tend to work with clients on a retainer basis, but the other thing that we do that's pretty unique is we work on a point system. And so the point system basically gamifies clients um, monthly retainer into okay, a certain number of points that they get to spend per month. And then everything that we do from marketing to PR, each has its own point allocation. That's something we do that I think is pretty unique. Clients tend to really like it because I think they they feel like they know exactly where the budget's going. They can always then report to their higher ups of you know, what's happening. Um, and it's just really crystal clear to them that they get to have a hand in what we're doing as well. So it's not you know, we're still driving, of course, we're still setting the strategy, but we're not expecting them to do that, but we're at least leaning on them to give feedback and and approval of the things that we're doing. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, so <laughs> one thing that I really like to do is listen to podcasts. So, and I'm not just saying that cause I'm on this podcast, but it's very difficult as an owner to find enough time to, you know, read books and things like that. So audiobooks and podcasts for me are a really great way of trying to keep up on the latest and greatest leadership tactics, techniques, et cetera. Or if there's something that you need to work on personally, like I'm working on boundaries. So one thing that has worked for me at least is dividing my day up in two by basically doing a blast of work during the the work day where everyone else is working, taking a break, maybe going for a quick walk with the dogs, making myself dinner, maybe watching some Netflix, whatever, for a short amount of time. And I mean, maybe one, two hours, right? And then going back to work after that. So at least it feels like you started and, and if possible, and I know this isn't always possible depending on where people live and their, the amount of space they have. I also like changing my work location for day two. So day one, like the first half of the day, it usually takes place where I am now with the lighting, et cetera. Part two of the day, which normally doesn't involve video calls is usually in a different part of the house. So I just feel like I'm not back at this chained at the same desk and working here until midnight, you know, which, um, or sometimes 2am, which can happen. So again, don't recommend this. Um, but I do know that sometimes it's just not possible to do it, you know, in, in eight or 12 hours. So that's, that's one of my hacks is just breaking it into two work days within one. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, what would you consider to be what I like to call a CEO nugget, a little bit more word of wisdom or piece of advice. Um, I like to say it might be something you would tell your favorite client, or if you happen to a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Oh, I like this. Okay. So one thing that I have learned over time, um, is that you are your brand and you are your company. Right. And so you have to take care of yourself first. And there are a lot of reasons for this. The obvious one is that if you burn out and you can no longer do the job, then the company is gone. 
The other reason it's important is that what I have realized is that you, everything you do at the top trickles down. So if you have any psychological hangups, if you like my issues with boundaries, right? If you have anything that you need to work on as a human, those things will affect your entire company and it will manifest in everything that everyone else does. It'll manifest in how the kind of people you attract, whether that's clients or team members. And so it's really, really important. Take the time to, and nobody's ever perfect. We're not, it's always a journey. You don't arrive. Okay. I'm there now. Like if you think that you have, then you've gone backwards. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate you so much and, and sharing that. I'm obviously happy, you know, that it didn't go oh, yeah. you know, a lot worse than it could have, because that would have been could have been awful. Know, yeah. And for so many different way, reasons. And I think that that's, you know, I heard you mention like to like, you know, breaking up your day sometimes by doing that self-care and those things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yep. I think we we sometimes forget that, especially if you're a giver, like I think most entrepreneurial people are usually trying to give, trying to make an impact, trying to, you know, sure. just make the mm-hmm. world better. But we so often will forget about ourselves, putting our oxygen mask on, filling up our cups, just doing all those things that it might seem like it's selfish, but actually it allows us to give even more when we make sure that we are filled up so that we can mm-hmm. give any more. And we so often will just jump past ourselves and and, and kind of not prioritize ourselves in terms of that totem pole of making sure that we're getting that self-care. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you consider to be the answer to my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO? Our goal is to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So April, what does it be to you to be a CEO? So I think being a CEO is basically like being a parent of a company or brand. And I think that it requires the same level of dedication. And I think a lot of us that are, you know, founders of things can attest to the fact that I'm sure I don't actually have children, but I've watched other people have children. And I imagine it would be like, you don't know how much work it's going to be until you do it. And you might not have done it if you knew how much work it was going to be, but you're so glad you didn't know because having what you have now in this child and this being in this company is like beyond words. Right. And so I'm so glad that when I started trust relations, I did not know how hard this would be because I don't think, I think I would have turned back and I never tried it. Right. But I'm very glad nobody actually told me because the effect of what I have built and the effect of what we have today and how it's impacted the lives of the people that work here and clients you know, completely worth it. Right. And so, um, I think being, you know, a great founder and CEO really is just being a parent, like I said, of a company or a brand and making, you know, that child come first, but obviously still, again, you are still the parent of that company. So you have to take care of yourself to be a good parent. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's, um, it's simple. It's as simple and as complicated as that. Well, April, truly appreciate that definition and perspective. Of course, I appreciate your time even more. So what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get out of you, find about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. A good leader needs to see where in the world things are being reflected back to them that they need to fix in themselves and then by extension, the company. And the more that you do that as a leader, the more we change the world together, right? I know that sounds very 
very grandiose, but it's a hundred percent true. Trustrelations.agency is the website, T-R-U-S-T-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S.agency. And if you want to find us on Instagram, also Trust Relations, Trust Relations on Facebook. Uh, if you want to email me, I'm at april at trustrelations.agency. Awesome, awesome, awesome. To make it even easier, we'll have the links and information in the show notes too, so that everybody can follow up with you. Appreciate your time today, and I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Likewise, and same to you. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast, powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This has been the I am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.